0: I'm Kate and I'm Jesse and you're listening to Cocktails and Content Creation. <laughs> Let's do this.
1: cocktails and content creation, the podcast dedicated to helping you easily create content with confidence. I'm Kate Andrews.
0: And I'm Jessie Wyman. Welcome back to episode four. Last episode, we talked about how to use hashtags
1: to grow your audience on social media with influencer and social media guru, our social media guru, I should say, Chelsea Mars. So if you haven't listened to episode three yet, you might want to check that
0: one out now or at least after this episode. And for episode four, we're going to talk about how you can discover the message that will resonate with your ideal audience with Courtney Fanning of Big Picture Branding. She's also going to share with us how she came up with this amazing strategy for 40-plus blog post ideas. I bow down on that, man. Holy
1: cow. (laughs) But before we go any further, Jesse, what are you drinking?
0: I am drinking a Down East Cider, which I'm obsessed with. It's not super fancy, but it's perfect for this, like, crisp weather that we've been having. You know what I've been
1: craving lately is um, a white Russian.
0: That's very random. And I have to say it was my very first (laughs) alcoholic drink as a as a legal resident of 21. Never
1: drank before that. No, never.
0: (laughs) First drink ever. The show is cocktails and content creation, guys. Um,
1: Yeah, I've just been I don't know. It's been kind of the cooler days, and
0: it's kind of a co- it's like a cozier, even beverage. though it's cold. It's yeah, it's, it's so a cozier. Cozy, it's, it's like heavier. Yeah, Com- it's a comfort it's cocktail. A comfort. It's a comfort cocktail. Of course, I feel like uh, the dude there, the dude abides. I have you, no idea what I have no idea. The what Big you're Lebowski.
1: About. Nope. You've what? never seen the Big Lebowski? Nope. All right. Well, that's a whole other conversation. Okay. All right. All right. Let's get back to what we've talked about. So as you know, as Jesse said, we're going to talk with Courtney Fanning, of big picture branding. She has is like amazing with her messaging and i'm very excited to hear what she has to say but we've you know jesse and i have learned how to niche down fumbled our way through through niching down yeah i know at least me i know you have you you, i mean i have too you know and i've watched what you've done gone from wedding photographer to branding you know well wedding. you were doing
0: everything yeah and I think I think what's interesting is they're probably like, why are you talking about niching down? What the heck does that even have to do with like messaging, right? Because we're going to be talking about messaging and your ideal client it has with everything, to everything, do with it. everything. So, um, she's going to talk about how important it is. Um, but for us and our own discovery, I've realized that you know, if I have so many different clientele, like when I was doing everything for photography, weddings, families, dogs, seniors, like those people are all different and they may want photos for different reasons. Sure, the memory is the same, but talking to somebody about their dog photography may be different than somebody talking about their wedding photography. So when for me, when I niche down, it became so much easier to uh, find clients actually and hone in on the messaging that would attract that client. So.
1: Yeah. And I mean, you it's so clear. And now you actually kind of have the two different you have the two. Different now brands. I have two.
0: Now I have two brands. I've got Jesse Wyman photography where I photograph clients, brand photography clients. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I have the brand photographer method is where I teach brand photography to photographers looking to pivot into that genre. So being very clear on that messaging for mm-hmm. both because they are two totally different people. One is like another entrepreneur and the other one is a photographer. And, and that message is completely different so and i actually did work with courtney on the brand photographer method. i
1: know so you know her pretty i do well, know her and I i'm do. really excited to get she's to amazing know her because you've told me a lot about her so i'm but hoping I, to glean some little
0: yeah and i think it would be interesting nuggets. for you to just maybe share briefly what like niching down has meant for you and well, because you're you're, like you're like still I'm figuring it out yeah you know? you're kind of building your your business and figuring out what that is so.
1: yeah so i mean i started so i i really didn't start focusing on my brands like per se until after you know, well i guess it was before i had my daughter i really had i had fashionly K kate and company which yeah. was a lifestyle fashion and travel blog and that i mean those are my passions but it was my side gig and so you know did I 100% pay attention to the messaging and who I was reaching? No, I just kind of thought of myself and I thought I want to reach people like me.
0: Which sometimes happens to be your audience persona is very much can often reflect. Right. But
1: I've noticed that as you get older, you know, I started. So my I really started it in 2017 when I was, you know, I was married, but I didn't have any kids. I didn't have, you know, we have a house, but it wasn't terribly like there wasn't a ton of commitments in my life or anything. So I kind of had a more of a fancy free lifestyle. I wasn't like, you know, rich and traveling all over the world, but I had a lot more freedom. And then I had Ariel and I've noticed that it, you know, for one thing, I mean, we, none of us have been able to travel like we want to these days uh, with COVID and everything, But I've noticed that with my life changing, my audience also changed, started to change. Um, I noticed kind of that dip in engagement, that dip in visits to my website, because now all of a sudden I was, you know, I was still trying to for a while. I didn't post anything about Ariel, but it didn't feel authentic anymore anymore. I felt very nervous about posting about her because I felt weird about posting about my daughter on social media and on my website. I thought that's her thing. Maybe she wants to be part of it. But then I noticed that dip and I thought to myself, it's because I'm not enjoying it as much and it's because I'm sh- not sharing this huge part of my life, which is part of the lifestyle brand. So I brought her into kind of it slowly Um and she's a ham,
0: <laughs> so mm-hmm. she even she though is. she's
1: only going to be she's 17 months in a couple weeks, she really is a ham, so she kind of goes well with it. Um, I brought her into it, and I noticed that even though I lost some of my fashion and travel followers, a lot more mamas popped up on my, you know, following me, messaging me and everything. So I've had to really pivot in the past year and a half. And then, um, you know, in starting to write blog posts for you... I realized that not only should I be marketing myself as an, in, you know, I hate that word. and I've said this before, but, you know, as an influencer, but also as a writer for other um, brands and businesses. So even though I try to keep that a little separate and that's been definitely a challenge and I'm trying to figure that out right now, I've trapped that kind of off of my social media. I do have like a portfolio page on my website, which has my favorite <laughs> links, most of them from Jessie's site, because I just love what she does.
0: And God bless you.
1: It's okay to sneeze on the podcast.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm holding back like a sneeze cough thing right now. but That's all right. That's all right. It's
1: funny because we're both in my, you know, in this tiny little space. So we want to be thoughtful of others. But
0: as you were speaking, I was starting to think about this. What's interesting is some people actively choose a niche or feel like they um, want to pivot their niche. But Mm. um, in some situations, the niche kind of finds you where it's like you kind of I feel like in your situation it was like okay this is my life now and you weren't necessarily looking to change your niche it no, just sort we have of- two different we have two different stories whereas
1: you decided you didn't want to work and you've posted about this on your Instagram so much you know yeah. you didn't want to work on the weekends anymore you wanted to spend time with your husband and who who could blame you and your cutest dog ever um you know you kind of consciously made that decision to shift into The branding photography Mm -hmm. and it has been a beautiful transition for you for me it was more I couldn't travel first off because of Ariel and it just you know between financials being what they are and you know just trying to learn navigate motherhood I didn't get to travel I didn't get to do as many fashion shoots as I wanted to and you know that's why engagement dropped on that side and then as I realized I just didn't it felt like a big part of my life was missing on there. So it kind of was, yeah, the audience found me, whereas with you, you consciously made that decision. Right. And
0: there's no right right or wrong way to do it. No, it's just an interesting, it's just interesting point that I, I realized as we were chatting. So um, Yeah, that is a good point. But I think... Ultimately, with this episode, we want to help you understand how identifying your audience can really help carve out mm-hmm. your message and have that be more clear to your audience so that you can build your community, you can build your your audience following, you can reach more people to sell your product or your offer. And that's ultimately why we're going to be speaking with Courtney Fanning who has spent over a decade in marketing and branding companies and publishing. Uh, She also spent time in higher ed, working for nonprofit and tech. She is a brand strategist and copywriter for purpose-driven creatives. And she recently celebrated uh, the two-year anniversary of quitting her 9-to-5 job. Yeah. So she uh, works now full-time for her own business, Big Picture Branding. She gave us uh, all the secrets to developing our audience personas, and she has a ton of resources and tips, and she also shared how she developed 40-plus blog post ideas uh, in a way that's just super simple, not overwhelming, and easy, easy. Easy being the key word. Yes. Yes. All right, Courtney, thank you so much for joining us. We are so excited to have you on to talk about a lot of things that you do, but also this amazing like blog content wall that you've created. Um, but before we jump into that, I want to ask you because this is cocktails and content creation. What are you drinking or what will you drink when you have a drink today? So
2: I'm currently drinking an iced coffee. Even if it's snowing outside, I tend to prefer iced coffee. But um, my alcoholic drink of choice is an Aperol spritz.
1: Ooh. I know,
2: Not a Campari spritz. There's a difference. So I studied abroad (laughs) um, when I was in college, and this is, like, what the Italians drink before dinner. Like, after they get out of work, it's not quite dinner because they eat dinner at, like, midnight. It's ridiculous. But they have their Aperol spritz. So it's Aperol... Prosecco Club Soda um, with a slice of fresh orange in it. Ugh, it is the ultimate summer drink. That sounds so like,
1: refreshing.
0: It, it relaxes you. Ugh. It's, ugh, it's delicious. It's sounds, I missed
1: summer already. Oh my
0: gosh. Sounds so amazing. I know the weather is not super great right now, but. <laughs>
1: no, it's disgusting. But, but I, you know what? Also, the other thing I want to know about is Jesse just recently told me that you, you were a ballerina. Yes. Oh my goodness.
2: So this is what. Every time people are like, so who are you? What are you about? I'm like, oh God, which life? Um, so yeah, I, I started out, as a professional ballet dancer. I danced from the time I could walk. Um, not because my parents were like, oh, ballet is so beautiful. It's because I fell so often that they thought I had an inner ear problem. I got tested. Turns out I was just clumsy, but they kept me in ballet. So I did that until I retired at the um, ancient age of 20, uh, your career is pretty short as ballet dancer, yes, but I also is. got to that point where I was like, you know, I, I had never traveled outside of the States. I had so many other interests and I really wanted to go to college. Um, cause you generally can't go to college and dance professionally at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I retired, went to college and then went on my, the journey to where I am today.
0: Yeah. So, oh, yeah. so tell us about that journey. So, okay. So you did your amazing ballet career and went to college let's finish this. Let's finish finish the journey. Let's, let's, what got you to where you are now? And actually, if you want to start with introducing like what it is that you actually do in your title and your company. You bet. So
2: I am a brand strategist and copywriter and the owner of Big Picture Branding. Um, But kind of how I got here was I'm, I'm a marketer by trade. So after college, I went to grad school in New York um for like publishing and digital media studies and then started working in the publishing industry which is like it feels like that's then my second life like ballet was my first publishing was my second and then kind of what I'm doing now with branding and marketing and copywriting is my third act so who knows what's going to happen by the time I'm like 50
1: um but when you can now- retire entirely that's what what happens
2: oh my god the dream that would be amazing um but Right now, I am uh, I run Big Picture Branding, which provides brand strategy and copywriting for purpose-driven creative businesses. So essentially, I help you articulate your brand vision and craft compelling copy so that you can stay focused on your unique zone of genius. Because branding and copywriting, like that's not something that most people like doing. They want to do the thing that they're running their business for. Um. So you know, like I said, I'm a marketer by trade. I love marketing. I think it's fascinating because it's a beautiful mix of psychology and creativity and science, and it's essential to every business. Um, But there are definitely some bad actors out there. I think sometimes marketing gets a bad rap um, because there are people just ruining it for the rest of us. So when I say I work with purpose-driven creatives, it simply means that it's about more than just the bottom line. There's purpose over profit. There's a passion or, a reason that you love doing what you do and you love serving the people that you serve, and that there's a vision for where you want to go and the impact you want to have in other people's lives and you know this is not because I'm some sort of a saint, it's because I just think it's icky to try and sell people something simply for the sake of making money, and I want to work with people who have a true passion and a vision. so the way my business came about was I was working for a reputable tech company, so I guess this may maybe my fourth life now. So I was in publishing, then I started working in higher ed and tech and all of that stuff. So Courtney the cat,
1: Courtney the cat, nine lives I think going so on. So many, here.
2: I know. I'm get and I'm getting there too. So what happens <laughs> when I hit the ninth? Well, you sorry. get to retire.
1: That's when you get to retire. Yes. yes. <sighs> okay.
2: Well, so I'm move it through it. Then. Yeah, I'm exactly. Speed up these <laughs> lives, then and just like hit it so that I'm like, okay, I'm on eight. What's my final act? <laughs> there you go. Uh, <laughs> Um, okay. So my, you know, seventh or whatever life is that I'm now working for a tech company and I'm leading a rebrand and I'm really struggling to get everyone on the same page. And so I started thinking back through all of my years of experience, building marketing and brand campaigns in all these different industries. And I couldn't figure out why this rebrand in particular was such a slog. Um, until one day the project manager who was working with me on this team. Kind of turned to me after this soul crushing meeting we had, and everyone had left the room. It was just the two of us. And she was like, Man, we just don't stand for anything. And that's when the light bulb went off. And I realized that vision and big picture thinking, like those are keywords everyone knows, but I don't think people really internalize what it means to have those two things. But they're really pivotal to building a brand. Um, And it's a seed that really stuck with me because. As a marketer, your purpose is going to inform your messaging. It's going to inform your visual identity, your decision-making, your your business practices, your customer experience. Like You're really going to struggle to gain traction with your audience if you don't have a purpose that people can align with. So a little less than probably, a little less than two years after that experience, I opened up shop as Big Picture Branding, and I'm having the time of my life working with really kick-ass creative entrepreneurs that are just killing it with really interesting businesses.
1: Well, one of the people I know you've worked a lot with is Jessie in terms of she's taken your pictures and you've worked with her on her branding. So she mentioned something to me about audience persona. Like, you know, we've been talking a lot about creating this podcast and one of the things she was talking about was audience personas. What the heck is that?
2: (laughs) So a lot of people call them avatars. There's like 20 different ways you could go about this, but I like to think of them as like these profiles that you build on some someone. And I don't focus on a lot of the demographic stuff because I think things like gender, age, income, hobbies, like those are okay to know, but they're more valuable for when you're creating like ad targeting, Mm -hmm. you know, like you're creating a Facebook ad or some Google ads. Like that's really important stuff to know for that. But when you're actually trying to write copy and messaging, that's going to make someone go, Ooh, that person hit the nail on the head or like they totally get it. They know it. I'm going to work with that person because it's clear they get me Mm -hmm. building out these personas is going to help you do that. And I think one of the biggest reasons beyond just the fact that it's going to help you figure out like what's the right thing to say is it saves you so much time once you've built out these personas. So, um, like once you know, what are these messaging points that I'm going to have to hit over the head again and again and again, you can write copy that you'll reuse. Um, you'll take it from your website. You'll create a sales page. You'll take snippets of that sales page and you'll turn it into, um, parts of your email sequence. You'll take snippets of those sequences and turn it an in Instagram caption. So you get these little sound bites by doing this persona work, um, first, and then it just like continues to deliver. It's the gift that doesn't stop giving for probably years until you decide that you're going to shift your business for some reason or serve a new audience or have a new offering.
0: Now,
1: so- oh, sorry, go ahead, Jessie.
0: I, I have a question, so some of our listeners might be a newer brand or building their business from the ground up. Any advice on this concept when they may mm. not even really know who their audience is yet or what that looks like?
2: Yeah, so I would say the first thing you need to do is just do a little bit of research to figure out who your audience is, and this can change over time, but you have to start somewhere so. What I like to have people do is um, look at like, go somewhere like Unsplash and get like, which is a free photo, let me call like stock photo license free site um, and find an image of a man, a woman, a child, someone that looks like in your mind, who your person is, stick them on in a Google doc. So open up a Google Doc and then start to address a couple of different things. So talk about what is their primary motivation Mm -hmm. for coming to you. So what's happening in their life right now? Um, Did they just get married? Did they just buy a house? Um, Did they just start a business? Um, Did they just retire? There can be a million different reasons for why suddenly they're like, I need to look for this person. What are their villains? So what are their chief sources of conflict? Is it time? Is it money? Is it knowledge? And then you want to go into their problem sets. And this is super, super key because a lot of people when they're like, speak to your audience's problems, they don't really tell you that there's more than just like, there's many levels of problems. So um, it's like life. Yeah, exactly. There is a book that's awesome um, called Building a Story Brand. I had to literally just look at my bookshelf because I blanked. Um, And so Donald Miller, Miller is the author of this. He doesn't necessarily like create something brand new from scratch because marketers are so good at taking one idea, repackaging it and pretending it like like it's something like brand spanking new and amazing. Um, But it's this concept of working through the problem set. So you've got your external problem, which is what do they need? Like I need a brand photographer. I need a content writer. Um, And then you've got their internal problems. So what do they feel? How does it make them feel? Like, I feel like I'm really nervous about writing my own content because I'm not a very good writer. I don't really know what to talk about. I don't know anything about SEO. Like that can be those types of things. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you want to talk about their philosophical problems. And this one's a little tricky because you have to relate it back to like why they're looking for you. So what is it that they believe about the world? So like, I believe that you know, I want to true up at or show up as my most authentic self so that the people I work with align with me. That's why I want brand photography. You know, like philosophically, I believe that I should be able to present myself a certain way. Mm -hmm. There can be a million things. Um, So once you've done that, you've gone through the problem sets, then ask yourself, why is it they haven't just solved this problem themselves? Like what's preventing them from doing that? And then kind of just review all of your answers and figure out what are the things that this person was facing me, this little person that I have a nice little picture for on my my Google Doc page, and they were telling me these things, what would I say back to them? And those are your messaging points. And those are the things that you're going to make sure you, like no matter what you write about, they're always mapping back to those personas. So when I work with clients, um, I generally have them, we work out the personas first before we do Anything else? Because sometimes their purpose even change, or like their mission, it changes once they yeah. really get clear on who it is they're
0: serving.
1: That this is just
0: so mind sense. blowing. Yeah, um, know, and you know, it sounds.
1: I mean, the the purpose of cocktails and content creation is a, is ways to create easy content. And what you're talking about, I mean, audience personas. At first, it sounded very confusing and complicated. Mm-hmm. It's kind of sounds fun and very simple.
2: Oh, it's super simple. And I actually have a brand. Uh, persona builder on my website for people. So if you were like taking frantic notes, being like, wait, villain is what, what, what? <laughs> Just put your pencil down. It's fine. Just go to my website. I've got one already I like, built for you. <laughs> I like villains.
1: I have to say I like villains. Well, that's awesome. So we're going to have to make sure that you get, you know, tell us more about that in terms of how keep people can find you. I also, as as a blog writer, I want to know, I see all your little stickies in the back. And Jesse's told me that you have 44 blog post ideas in the works and I just want to pick your brain on that.
2: Well, don't ask me how many
1: are written yet. Um,
2: <laughs> <laughs> Still the ideas are one thing. That's, that's, I think that's the hardest part. So it is the hardest part. Then finding the time in between client work is like, who has a solopreneur, like it's tough. Um, so this is actually an idea that I have to admit I took from Jesse Um, because shout out to Jesse's Instagram stories. The content is so good. I'm not a brand photographer. Yeah. It's, it's like, I get so many great business tips and like Mm
1: -hmm. workflow that you can adapt to whatever industry you're in. She's like the best kept secret of Boston as far as I'm concerned.
0: Oh my gosh. You guys are hilarious. It's been a lot of money invested in education that I'm just (laughs) re-sharing. And for free, so I'll take it. (laughs)
2: Seriously, free resources are where it's at. I don't, I don't know what we used to do before people were like, you know, here, just have things. this guy, just have this template. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so but what I've done with this wall is that, um, so I put my audience persona profile at the very top. Mine has actually fallen off because it's been so long since I put them up here. The tape is like, dust it off. Um, (laughs) But I put them at the top so that I know exactly who I'm speaking to. And I can remember I'm a really visual thinker. So it's, it's essential that I do that. And then I've got um, a nice, you know, purple, or you can use your brand colors if you're really into it. A sticky note column for problems. And these are just one of the things that people are like, oh, how do I write copy? I don't know what to say. What the heck is brand strategy? Or like, how does brand strategy affect, you know, all so anything that people might ask you? And then I have a column for solutions. And there could be 10 different solutions for one problem. That's a blog post. Each and every one of those is a blog post. Even if they're mm-hmm. just slight variations on each other, that's okay because a lot of the time, you know, the name of the game is putting out a lot of different stuff for the different ways people might think about a problem. Um, and so I've got all of those. I, some of them have 10 solutions. Some of them have two. And these will all either be, they could be blog posts, they could be digital products. Um, they could be topics for like a, an Instagram story series or something mm. like that. So you can just use them in a hundred different ways.
0: I love that. And I love the fact that you pointed out that, you know, they don't have to be like big solutions, right? They can be these like bite-sized pieces because I personally enjoy bite-sized content. I don't necessarily want to read, you know, a 50 page blog post. That's I how we read... consume
1: it now. It's, it's yeah. gotta be mm-hmm. concise. You exactly.
0: Know. Exactly. So, you know, you might have, you know, one giant solution, but you know, ways to break it up so that you have like five blog posts from that one problem you're trying to solve.
2: Yeah. Like taking just one idea, splitting it up a million different ways is the, it's the only way a small business can actually function. Cause unless you are a huge brand with multiple products and multiple teams, like you can't keep it all in your head and fit it into an eight hour workday. It's just impossible. So anything you can do to just make things easier for yourself, don't create one thing and then post it to Instagram. And then 24 hours later, it's gone. Like figure out if there's five other ways you can reuse that piece of content.
0: So do would you mind giving us a couple of, like, actual examples from your wall just for our listeners to sort of have it come full circle for them?
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. So the biggest one is just I don't know how to write my copy. Writing seems so intimidating to a lot of people because I think a lot of this also comes from the fact that we were taught in school to write a certain way um, for, like, essays. Mm-hmm. But you don't write online any, like – you don't write MLA, Chicago, AP stuff, whatever it is you learned, throw that out the window. It can go out the window with like all that geometry you learned. Like it's useless.
1: So <laughs> the geometry, I just lost one as soon as I left high school. So, you know, <laughs>
2: seriously. And, and what's great about a lot of online businesses and small businesses is that people are getting more and more comfortable throwing out corporate jargon and you can just talk the way you speak. You know, mm. you make sure it's, you know, coherent and at least somewhat grammatically correct, but you can really add a lot of personality to what you're writing. So some of my solutions are um, how to develop your brand voice. Um, What are the five questions your homepage needs to answer? Uh, What's your brand archetype? What's your brand personality? So I actually have a brand personality workbook that's people can download totally free that just works, walks through like, what's your voice, your tone, your, your muse, your feel, what's the language you use, little things like that, that really just kind of help you when you sit down, you're like, oh, okay. I don't have to try and be super clever, flowery with my language. Like my tone is I'm really friendly. I'm approachable. I'm a little excitable. And I love using little like, like offshoot phrases and isms and saying the word like. Because I'm a millennial, and that's just just what you get. So too bad, um, you know. And I think giving yourself permission once you've written all that stuff out is like, okay, that blinking cursor is not so intimidating anymore.
0: So basically, what you've done is you've created like these these like titles or working titles or working topics, and then you're just gonna flush out the details when you get the yeah. time to actually write it before all the dust collects on your tape and they fall off.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And a lot of times too, people are like, but what's the problem? Like, how do I know what the problems are? Um, And so there are some really cool tricks I've learned through other people. None of these are my original ideas. There are some more brilliant people out there than me, but um, I'm going to pass them on because they're genius. So a great way to figure out what your audience actually wants to know is go on Pinterest. Um, Mm. I feel like when I tell people this, half the people I tell are like, Oh yeah, I know. And the other half are like, what, but I don't want to look up a recipe. What are you talking about? But Pinterest is an amazing search engine oh, and yeah. they have that bar at the top. That if I were to type in copywriting, you know, before I even finish the word copywriting, it gives me all the suggestions like Google does, but then it goes a step further and then you hit enter and it gives you that top navigation bar with all the different variations of copywriting. And you can literally see that people are like copywriting templates, homepage, copy, SEO copy. And I'm like, Great, those are all the things I'm now gonna write about and address because they're in my wheelhouse. I know how to do them and I know oh. people are, are looking for those. It's a little bit easier on Pinterest too, because I feel like for a lot of the clients I work with, our target demographic are women of a certain age with a certain income, and those are Pinterest people. Whereas Google, like, yeah, they're building a really specific profile for you, but they're not building your profile for the people you're trying to serve. So you get like a lot of crap when you do a keyword search on Google that's like, really vague, doesn't really pertain to your audience. It pertains to you. So mm. I find that Pinterest is just so much better. Um, another place to look for problems is, um, Amazon, like Amazon reviews for like a related product or a book wow. about your industry, because you can see what people are like, Oh, I hated this. I love this. Or, Oh, I wish it really addressed this. Cause like, like I was hoping to figure this out. Um, if you have a product uh, some of those sites, like, is it Trustpilot or something? I know Trustpilot yeah. does like software and and, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That's where people do the same thing. They're like, this was really easy to use, but it couldn't let me do this feature. And it's like, oh, that's amazing insight to be like, not only do we use this feature, but we now have a blog post telling you how to use it. So really good kind of insights that you can get by just
0: doing some sleuthing. That those is, are so good.
1: That is unique. And now I'm like thinking I need to make figure out a product and go looking through those Amazon reviews, figuring out what people need. Maybe I'll make a million. Bye guys. You know, I'm done. No. <laughs> now you mentioned that you're a solopreneur. Preneur, Jesse is. I am as well. And you said something about a weekday, which, and you know, I'm going to sound like the Dowager Countess. I don't know if you watch Downton Abbey. What is a weekday? You know, I feel like <laughs> We're working from, you know, first thing we get up in the morning to right before we're going to bed, we might be jotting down ideas. How, you know, what are your tips to keeping sane in this crazy, this, there's all this craziness you've got going on. Cause got a lot going on.
2: Yeah. Like gestures to everything. That's like my mm-hmm. latest thing is I'm like, cause of all, all, of all. I don't have a good answer. I mean, I just don't. I'm just, I am living to survive right now. I've got my solopreneur business. I've got big plans and dreams. I've got
1: two kids.
2: <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. Luckily, they're both in daycare, but there was a lovely part of shutdown where they were not.
1: You buried and, the lead with that one there. You could have just said that and...
2: Yeah, it yeah. was... It was rough. Um, the interesting thing though, about being a solopreneur is that, you know, I did a fair amount of research before I went into this and I knew that, you know, a lot of people think I'm going to go into business cause I want to do the thing I love, but there's so much more to it. And you're going to have to be your own, you know, bookkeeper, your own blog writer. You're like, you have to do all the business stuff on the back end, And I knew that like, I'm gonna have to make time for that. I don't, I'm not going to like it. I just want to do the thing. But like, this is part of the package. This is part of the deal. Turns out, I really actually like the admin stuff in some weird way. I just don't have time to do it both, and so it's really hard for me who like wants to do both to just start letting go, outsourcing, letting people take care of some of the stuff that, like, yeah, I could do, and yeah, I'd like to do it, but I have to make a choice: which part is going to help me make more money, which part is going to help me serve the right people, and which part is just like I really like when like my accounting software. Like I have like, what is it called discrepancies or where you can check, like, is your bank account and your accounting software, right? Like, I I love when it gives me that green check mark. It's so satisfying as a, as a list maker, a type A person. Mm -hmm. Is that worth my time? No, it's really not. So get someone else to do that for you. So I think outsourcing has been a big part of like
1: staying sane. That's a big thing that Jesse's been saying. Outsourcing, outsourcing, outsourcing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It really has been a game changer for me when I, when I sit down and I say, okay, is this really worth my time? I have to really think about it. You know, can I be doing something better that is worth my hourly rate or should I just outsource this where it can be done at a lower hourly rate and I don't have to worry about it. So to, to that, I completely agree hundred percent that outsourcing can really help keep you sane.
2: And I think a lot of the reason people don't like outsourcing is because it means that you have to learn how to be a manager, which I feel like when I was in the corporate yep. world, being a manager was just a job title. You really weren't a manager. Like, I don't know. It Maybe in my industry, it just meant that you got like a really lousy pay bump and like a title change. and <laughs> <laughs> But it didn't okay. mean that you knew how to manage people. And so this is actually, owning my own business is teaching me so much about how to be a good manager. Like should I ever decide that like, I want to actually go work for a kick-ass company because at this point it would have to be a kick-ass company because this business I'm running is like my dream. But if I did, I would be such a good manager because I would know how to manage people from afar that I can't even see across the like work room office. Like I can't, I can't just slack them all the time. Like I have to be mm-hmm. able to just have my shit together, put together what I need from them, give them everything they need and then just let them run with it do my part to like, you know, check up, approve things, but then just let it go. And I think that's something that a lot of people don't know how to do. And I certainly didn't know how to do until recently. I don't even think I'm that good at it, but I'm learning.
0: (laughs) Always learning. Always learning. I feel like I'm constantly trying to figure out new and different ways on how to do everything. And then if I just feel like it's not worth my time. Yeah. (laughs) She sends it to me. (laughs) Just yes, yes. Kate has been writing my blogs for me, which has been amazing. But I use that system pretty much like what you're using. I try and think of the problems that my audience will have. And you know, Courtney, I have these two brands, right? And you helped me mm. with my educating brand, the brand photographer method. Guys, Courtney is so amazing.
1: It looks gorgeous. I love it. I absolutely so love it.
0: The, the She doesn't work on the the actual design, but everything behind it, The copy it comes, but she helps it come together. Yeah, so it it saved my life because I would not have been able to do it without her. So, in terms of like dealing with this, you know, audience persona, I mean, and creating content, how important? Like, I just want to like tell our listeners, you know, knowing this audience persona, and then like that's how you're really able to translate it to really great content, right? So what does that connection look like? And, you know, how, how important is it really to understand your audience to create that great content?
2: Hmm. Hmm. I'm going to have a think about this. You can edit this, right?
0: Yes. Everyone, <laughs>
2: everyone's just going to hear me think for like a second.
0: Yeah. I know that's a big question. I think, you know, for me, I guess, before I really delved into this exercise, even so, you know, a year ago, I, I, I joined a program to really hone in on, you know, what it is I wanted to offer with my educating Ironman, and we had to do uh, an exercise and persona building. Mm. And I was doing it on my own, just sort of, you know, with the help of this program. But it was the first time I really thought about my business in that way, and my brand in that way. And I think then creating the content, at least for me was so much easier. It was like, oh, that's what marketing is. Oh, that's what I that's why I haven't been getting anywhere. I felt like it was such a light bulb moment that you know it's almost like when you know anytime I tried to launch something in the past or do something big with my business, it always I would say flopped. and even though it's not where it wants to be now, like even now I, I still want it to be better and bigger than what it is but time in the past when I would just try to write something and, you know, send it out to the world and never really did anything. It never really got a lot of engagement. I never really had a lot of success. And I think it's because I lacked knowing who I needed to target and really pulling at those heartstrings. So for me not realizing like, Oh, you really need to paint that picture. Like you really need to like get into like what it is that they want. What is it yeah. their problem and call it out to its core. And I just didn't, know that until i realized that oh my audience i'm speaking to somebody well you've been you've been
1: doing this for a couple of years for me i've just really started out so when you when when we decided to do this podcast and you know we were throwing around ideas jesse looked at me and she was like okay but who would we be serving and i was just like like
0: you're I'm right. Taking, you're... I'm taking Courtney. I was like, okay, what? what you, yeah, what is it, who is that we're talking to? Who is it that? Can, yeah, no, you totally.
1: You were you're were asking all of these hard questions, and and then in turn, I took that and I've been kind of working on that with my own thing. So, okay, so that came from Courtney,
0: kind of, yeah, kind of. I mean, my work with her with the brand photographer method really made me. I mean, I I knew about it before, but yeah, having somebody actually like work on it for me and guide me through the process and very you know, de- like the detail, the amount of, like yeah. her questionnaire was really detailed. And so I think Courtney, I mean, I I don't know if you want to add on to that. And This that, is like the
1: advertising of your services portion <laughs> of the podcast. I know, right? No, but
0: I mean, <laughs> I just, I guess how many, I mean, how can you tell our listeners like, you know, that, that it really can make a difference or, or I don't know what I'm trying to say, I guess. Do you want yeah. anything, do you have anything to add to my Ted talk?
2: <laughs> um, First of all, I feel like I need to like pay you for that sponsored ad. That was amazing. Um, No, but I think it's, this is really interesting. So something I learned when I was working in the tech world. So we were working with like software products for other companies. We weren't building our own. We were building software for other companies. And a lot of times I would get pulled into conversations about like, can you just help them a little bit with like positioning or their messaging? Just so like they understood who the user was so that they could build the right features. and. Something I noticed that a lot of places did is they would always talk about their features. They would always talk about, we do this, we do this, we do this, we're awesome, we're amazing, we're the best. They never talked about their user. And so if you flip the script and say, like, what are the benefits of using your software for the user? Because we know the benefit for you is you're going to make money because they're going to subscribe to your product. Like, I'm not, that does not woo me in any way. Like, I don't want to give you my money unless you can tell me that there are really clear, concrete benefits that are gonna make my life better or make me feel better. So doing this exercise for your own business is really important because you can go on and on and on about how amazing you are and your services and how you've won awards or you've appeared on different podcasts or in a magazine or something. Like those are cool and those build social like legitimacy so that people know you're not a fraud, like other people also trust you. But you've really got to think about like what's in it for them and let them know how you're going to help them. Otherwise you're, I don't know. It's, that's where you get icky with marketing is when you stop thinking about your audience or you start doing things that are a little slimy and trying to sell them something they really don't need. But I feel like if you are truly passionate about what you do, walking through your brand personas is not going to be hard. It's just something you've never done before. So, and it's as simple as like just opening up a Google doc, running through some questions and then like putting it on your wall for a little bit and just thinking about it.
1: You know, this isn't actually something we sent you to talk to, to think about, but uh, when I look at a lot of, you know, as I said, now I've kind of been looking through it. And a lot of times I'm looking at my, uh, you know, my audience and my audience persona. And a lot of times it really looks like me. Is that, is that a common thing or am I just, you know, (laughs) self-involved?
2: I mean, it's totally a common thing. I mean, all, all people are self-involved, but I think that and, and that's okay, because the reason you're so good at what you do is because you know it inside out. But you just need to make sure that you're focusing on what, like, the benefit for someone else is. Like, why do you want to share what you do with other people? Sometimes just stating that really plain and simple is mm. what people want to hear. Like, you don't have to get, like, clever or crafty about it. You just need to say, like, I do this thing. I serve these people. And you know, I'm going to share it with you because I think it will help you do X, Y, Z. You know, like people sometimes like to overthink messaging and copywriting because it comes with all these jargony terms, and and you can take a million courses on it. But like, it just keep it simple. Just how are you going to help people's lives, and how are you going to make them feel better?
0: I love that. Well, in my situation, my my persona was very similar to me. One of the personas was similar to me. So in in, in a lot of cases, I think that you're going to find that your personas are very much like you because you've experienced such pr- problem a and you want to solve problem a and person a is your person um, so um, okay so Courtney where you have a ton of resource on your website where can people find you what's the best place if they want to get in touch to follow up where can they reach you
2: so the best place to go is my website so it's big picture I'm also on Instagram for kind of a more like personal look at my life and behind the scenes. But on my website I have a big picture shop where I've got like brand strategy and copywriting uh templates if you're in more of the DIY phase of your business so maybe you don't have the budget to work one on one with someone. I want to be able to serve lots of people because you know, this stuff, this, this, there's really simple solutions. And if you're able to do it yourself, do it. You don't have to hire a copywriter until you get to that point when you're like, mm, it's worth my money to actually hand this off to somebody else. Um, and then I also have a free resources section on my website with all kinds of free resources, tools, tips, that brand personality workbook I told you about is on there. Um, and, um, also Pinterest is another place I'm exploring. Cause like I said, I actually just discovered the world of Pinterest for content marketing and for building your business. And it's amazing. So, um, you can find me there where I have all of my resources and stuff as well.
1: I'll definitely be checking that out this, uh, this afternoon. That was a great tip. Yes. I have to say. Yes. Um, And then you
2: get sucked into a Pinterest, like click, you know, it's 45 minutes. Well, yeah. You know,
1: I look up pink hair and it ends up, you know, I'm on there an hour later and I'm just like, well, why? I didn't want blue hair. Ooh, but I really like, you know, that's what, <laughs> that's what Pinterest does. But, uh, we'll also have all of this information. We actually are, are in the process of creating our website. And by the time everybody hears this, it will be up. So, um, you know, we'll also be listing that as well as the book that you had mentioned too.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, story brand. It's fantastic.
1: Okay. Well, I'm going to check that out as well. So great right. resources.
0: Well, uh-huh. I think this was so helpful. I think our listeners are going to get so much value out of this chat. Thank you so much for being here and taking the time to, to give us your tips on content creation and making it easy for our audience.
2: It was my pleasure. Thanks, ladies. All right. Thanks, well, we corny. will
0: be um, probably bringing you back at some point because you are just full of knowledge. But until then, thank you so much. And we hope you enjoy the rest of your day.
2: Bye.
1: I know you've known Courtney for a while, Jesse, but this is like my first time talking with her and she's just so funny. (laughs) <laughs> she she cracks me up oh my god and and motivated i am just so jealous of all of those blog post ideas i really need to work on my own content calendar
0: yeah she's very inspiring i really um you know am thrilled i've met her and that she's sort of part of my own business story now mm-hmm. and she's just great
1: and she's really she did some great work for you on the brand photographer method yes so that's just the one company i know she's definitely worked for so um you know i i I also loved how she talked about her career in different lives.
0: It was kind of like how you said, um, you know, that you had the life before Ariel, right? So that's like your first life. That's your first (laughs) life. And now you're on your second life. Actually, no, you might be on your third life because I would say first life is like, you know, the New York, like acting. And then you moved into sort of the journalism and had that career. And now... And you, you know, you were Urban Planner
1: and then Wedding Photographer and now Branding Photographer. Yeah, it's crazy. I feel like you figured it
0: all out in in
1: Life 3. Yeah. I'm still working on it. Third time's a charm. Third time's a charm. Well, I'm working on it. Maybe fourth time. Four is my lucky number. So, you know, also the audience personas. This was huge for me. Um, You know, as I said my audience really pivoted, um, without me even trying from avid travelers to mamas who they might, they might love to travel and be fashionable, but they don't get to do it as much. Like I can't with kids, which is not a bad thing. It's just kind of a season you go through when your kids are young. I'm, you know, we've totally talked about traveling with Arielle some more, and I'm going to share more of that on my blog, like how to travel with kids. I find that really helpful. Um, but you know, I, I need to check that out. Her website, she was talking about her, um, the aggregator that she's got where you can like enter in information that can fi- help you figure out the brand persona. Mm-hmm, That's going to mm-hmm. be a big help. And and speaking of big, like taking that big problem. And we've talked about this, like with the show, breaking down one problem into several different pieces, bite-sized pieces, and then creating blog posts and content on those bite-sized pieces because people just, they don't consume long pieces of content anymore. I mean, we're we're pushing it. With this podcast,
0: I um I completely agree. I love how yeah she for me the big takeaway was she she sort of unveiled how easy it is. There's this there's when. When you go through an exercise like this, sometimes it can seem like, oh, my God, because you've been through. It I, like have, I have. I have. And, you know, it seems so convoluted and like abstract. And who the heck is who's my audience persona or avatar? Some people call them the avatars like she mentioned. That's I, I was like, who what the heck is that? Yeah. And she just makes it so like, oh, duh. I mean, you still have to put some work into it. So yeah. check out her resources. They're very, very helpful. But um, the way she does it is a very friendly and easy approach. Um, and of course, the blog post wall, it's something that, you know, I've been doing and translating that to other you know, uh, reusing the content. So mm-hmm. coming up with a post that actually hers is a blog post wall, but these could easily just be Instagram posts that yeah. you then well, do a great job with. Yeah, and you too. pick a few and you write a blog post about it. And then you pick a few and maybe mm-hmm. those are some of your your newsletter yeah. um topics. So just coming up with the topic idea and then going from there. But again, we're making sure that it's going to be something that can address your audience problem or mm-hmm. pain point or something that's going to gravitate towards that audience persona.
1: And even though this doesn't I mean, we talked about it, but even though this doesn't directly relate to finding your messaging and and brand audience personas, picking like I know between fashionably Kate and now cocktails and content creation, how many times do I have like a billion tabs open and two different windows? Oh, I still have every, that. Yeah. Oh no, I still have it. But sometimes, like taking things off, wet offline and putting them on a piece of paper and like sticking them somewhere on a wall.
0: Yeah, I've started. You know it sounds? I so started doing that. Good. You should. Yeah. That's also, and then also for me, this is going to sound really silly, but I know a few people out there are going to be like, I get it. I will sit on the floor spread out like a giant pad of paper and just start writing like goal setting or ideas Mm -hmm. and I just sketch out and sitting for some reason sitting on the floor makes me feel way more creative I think it's because I'm not sitting at my desk feeling like I'm working no I totally agree yeah
1: it's like and for me it's like thinking that it's like going back to grade school or whatever and like making a poster or something like you weren't going to do that on your, your kitchen table at, or like homecoming
0: know? where you had to make all the homecoming posters no, i never went to oh homecoming. okay homecoming <laughs> posters in the gym where you like you're okay. all like setting up for the gym or home yeah, you're yeah. and, and it, you're sitting on the you floor you're sitting on the floor it's almost like
1: you feel younger and therefore more creative i don't <laughs> I know. know it's weird we're not even that old we keep saying that. I know. I'm trying to con- convince myself. <laughs> Anyways, thanks so much for listening to Cocktails and Content Creation. If you want to check out the show notes, head to cocktailsandcontentcreation.com. Make sure to join our Facebook group for more inspiration, Cocktails and Content Creation community, and leave us a comment about what you'd like us to talk about. We'd love to hear from you. You can follow us on Instagram at cocktails and content creation, And if you would like to leave us a review or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, we'd love you for it, or wherever you're listening. And you can email us at cocktailsandcontentcreation at gmail.com. I'm Katie Andrews, and you can follow me on Instagram at FashionablyKinco.
0: And I'm Jessie Wyman, and you can follow me on Instagram at jessiewymanphotos. Wyman Photos, or if you're more interested in brand photography tips at the brand photographer method on Instagram. Now, make sure to tune in next time when we chat all things photo editing. We'll talk Lightroom and Photoshop presets, how to edit your photos, create a concise or cohesive, concise Instagram feed, and easy ways to batch your editing work. Until then, cheers to your next cocktail. And happy content creating.